0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3.
1: Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. My gosh, I am delighted to have you guys with me. Uh, If you text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get a link to the show notes, the live stream podcast. And also, if you text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, um, when my book comes out, uh, I will send you the pre-order link. It's going through the editing process. You shall be as gods. How progressive secularism is becoming its own religion. Um, I know that's uh, a lot of you are interested in that topic and I happen to have a book coming out on it. Um, I want to talk about the situation in Central and South America before I move over to the Houthi issue, but I got to start in a different way. Let's talk first about Uganda because it's all to a degree. There's a relevance here. And I want to talk about Uganda, Uganda uh, it's African nation that has passed laws uh, punishing homosexuality, and there is international outrage of Western nations threatening boycott, sanctions, and other things for what Uganda has done. A Republican member of Congress from Tennessee actually flew to Uganda as a show of support for the country. Uh, he's definitely in the minority. This is not to step on any of your toes. But Western values, Western liberal values, don't necessarily translate into areas of the world that are deeply religiously conservative. It's notable, for example, so you know that the Vatican, it did not authorize blessings for same-sex marriage, but it was so muddied, uh, and ambiguous in what it actually did. It was interpreted as such, and uh, people in same-sex relationships getting blessings, uh, and it was certainly designed to be ambiguous enough that those who support uh, same-sex relationships uh, who are Catholic could say the Pope is uh, e- evolving on that issue. It, it is notable that the loudest condemnation of what the Vatican did in that regard came from African bishops. In fact, the um, the, the entirety, the, the bishops and the entire continent of Africa, now for a perspective, the continent of Africa is so big, the United States, India, China, Eastern Europe, and much of Western Europe would all fit into Africa. When you look on maps, you tend to think that Africa is, is as big as the Northern, uh, North American continent. Actually, it's massive, massively bigger. And the entirety of the bishops in Africa came out and condemned what had happened at the Vatican. And white liberal Westerners are upset about that. You cannot, though, ex- expect your Western liberal values to be applied to these conservative African nations. They, they're not compatible. And what's notable is for all of the bellyaching about colonialism and anti-colonialism from the left— when these nations do things like this that are deeply conservative tribally, uh, a deeply conservative uh, in politics, deeply conservative relating to the, the African tribal political natures of the past, the anti-colonial wokes go, get apoplectic and demand that we impose Western values on them. So the, the anti-colonialists are totally fine with, with being anti-colonialists until the non-colonies, free of the colonies, do things they want, and then the anti-colonialist whites get upset about it and want to impose their values. Now we move from Africa to Central America. We should start now with Naib uh, Bukele. He is the young 40-year-old president of El Salvador who got elected. El Salvador, you need to understand El Salvador was the murder capital of the world. It was one of the deadliest countries on the planet. You did not go to El Salvador. And, and the, the deadliest nature of El Salvador caused a humanitarian crisis, and a lot of refugees crossing the American border have come from El Salvador. Now, if you don't know where El Salvador is, if you go down the Central American uh, landmass of Mexico, South of Mexico, you run into Guatemala, and south of Guatemala, you have Honduras, which is on the Gulf of Mexico side, and El Salvador, which is on the Pacific side, Uh, and then you have Nicaragua, then you have Costa Rica, then you have Panama. El Salvador is a small nation. San Salvador is the capital, and they've been riddled with gang violence. There were... Thousands of people murdered a year in El Salvador. Gangs were holding people hostage. Gangs, literally, gangs would show up and say, you're going to pay us $10,000 tomorrow. We're going to kill your whole family. You you can't afford it. You don't have $10,000. you'd literally pack up and start walking, and you would walk north to the American border. Bukele came in and declared a state of emergency and rounded up all the gangs. He rounded up over 70,000 people. Judges let 7,000 of them out of jail, but he suspended a lot of civil rights. Uh, he, he abandoned essentially uh, the habeas corpus rule of, of you got to show proof of why you're arrested and just throw a bunch of people in jail and crime pss, went away. He's the most popular politician in El Salvador. He's so popular, the El Salvadoran constitution says you can't run for re-election after you've served one full term. So what they've done is they've allowed him, the the government, like a unified government has allowed him to take a leave of absence, put his preferred person in charge of the government, and he can say, well, I get to run for a second term because I haven't fully completed one full term. And they're letting him get away with it. He's that popular And there's very little opposition to him doing it. And he's been roundly condemned by Joe Biden. He's been condemned by Justin Trudeau. He's been condemned by the United Nations. He's been condemned by the European Union saying, you're violating civil rights. You know, I'm a big proponent of our civil rights. But you're going to a Central American poor country that is riddled with gang violence that's gotten out of control where people live in fear on a daily basis and even the government leaders get assassinated regularly and this guy imposes law and order and the crime goes away? You're going to lecture him that, well, you need to like let all these people out of jail now? It actually fosters a lot of resentment. So he's a 42-year-old president. Now we go down Central America... And Panama runs into Colombia in South America. It's the northwestern corner of South America where it connects into the isthmus of Panama as Colombia. And south of Colombia, follow the Pacific coast down south of Colombia, you get to Ecuador. When El Salvador stopped being the murder capital of the world because of uh, Bukele, the president, Ecuador became the murder capital of the world. In 2023, there were over 4,000 murders, double the number from 2022. And they had enough in, El, in, in Ecuador. They looked at what El Salvador did and they elected a 36 year old named Daniel Naboa. Daniel Naboa's father was an exceedingly wealthy businessman who tried to run for president and was rejected. Center left, somewhat populist. They had an election this past year, and there was an anti-corruption candidate running, and the gangs assassinated him. So people rallied to Noboa. Now, Noboa has a problem. A lot of the drug cartels in South America are flowing their drugs out of the Amazon through to Ecuador. Ecuador uh, is bordered by Peru and by Colombia. And in southern Colombia and the Andes region, and down into the valley, and in, uh, in Peru, in the northern regions of Peru, you got a lot of drug cartels making cocaine and other things, and they route it through Ecuador. And the gangs have gotten out of control in Ecuador. There's a major gang leader in Ecuador who has been in prison, and he was a he has disappeared. Adolfo Machius the leader of the Los Chineros criminal gang. He's in prison for a 34-year sentence. He's gone. They think he's escaped. And now there's a massive gang war in Ecuador. All hell's broken loose. And the reason is because Noboa, the president, is doing what Bukele did, and all the gangs have seen how effective it was with Bukele. They're fighting back hard. So what Noboa wants to do is he wants to build uh, supermax prisons, The prisons in Ecuador are not great. They're underfunded. They're not in good shape. They're pretty easy to escape from. And the drug cartels have taken over the prisons. If you're a prison guard, you're very likely to be murdered in Ecuador. So no one wants to be a prison guard. They've got to build new, better prisons. He also wants to arm the police with military precision weapons that the United States has now agreed to supply And he also wants the voters to vote. See, Ecuador doesn't uh, extradite its citizens to other countries, and it's it's part of the Constitution, and so he's putting it up for a vote so that they can get rid of their gang lords and drug lords and force them into other countries. And the, the criminal gang elements are having enough. So yesterday there was a TV station, a public television station, that was stormed by gang members. They came in with guns and machetes, and they held everybody hostage. They've all now been arrested. They've all now been arrested. Now, what's so what notable here is that, again, uh, like Bukele in El Salvador, in Ecuador, Noboa is essentially suspending and curtailing a lot of civil rights that you and I would say are are bad things we shouldn't do. But he's out of options. He, he doesn't know how else to operate to quickly contain the situation. Essentially, Ecuador is in a civil war situation, where it's drug lords, cartels, and gang members fighting the military and the police. He's trying to get get clamped down. You fix the situation, you resolve the situation, then you can say, okay, consider Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus. The Constitution says only Congress can do this. The Supreme Court told Abraham Lincoln, you're not the one allowed to suspend habeas corpus. And Lincoln says, okay, come enforce it yourselves. He was desperate in the Civil War. He did things he shouldn't have done, constitutionally shouldn't have been able to do. He acted in many ways like a dictator to preserve the union. And now all these people who lionize Abraham Lincoln and Western elites are, are looking at Nabo and Bukele saying, y'all can't do this. This violates the Western world order. They're doing it. And it's saving lives. It's keeping people safe. And here's the problem for the United States. You know one of the biggest trading partners in Ecuador? China. If the United States isn't willing to step in and help, China will. And if China begins making loans to Ecuador, you know what China's going to do? They're going to make contingent on repayment of the loans, giving them land for military operations. So Joe Biden can either hold his head high and say we refuse to help these countries that are doing things that we don't like when it comes to the rights of the people and let China get a foothold in South America militarily, or Joe Biden can suck it up and help Ecuador because Ecuador has come to us first for military and police assistance. Ecuador has come to us first, not China. So Joe Biden's going to have to decide, does he want to give China a foothold in South America militarily or does he want to suck up his pride and say, you know what, we're going to help these guys fight the gangs. And here's the irony here. If Joe Biden is willing to help, he could also reduce the flow of people coming across the southern border. But Biden idolizes Jimmy Carter, the, the craziest thing, of all the presidents idolized. idolize, why one of the worst? But Biden does. And he loved that Jimmy Carter tied American foreign policy to human rights. And he could be opening a door to China by doing that. It's the most demented thing. But when the guy's got dementia, what do you expect? A naboa in Ecuador needs our support. And members of Congress on a bipartisan coalition want to actually help him. Uh, he is trying to shut down these gangs that are running rampant in Ecuador, and hopefully we can help him. Uh, it's a big deal. The South American and Central American countries, what's notable is they've gotten so fed up with the political establishments that allow this to fester, they're electing 30- and 40-year-olds who've had enough, who are angry about it, and are willing to just round up everybody and throw them in jail. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I gotta play you this exchange between uh, Peter Ducey and John Kirby at the White House press briefing yesterday. Just listen to this. If the administration is gonna go to such great lengths to keep secrets about the defense secretary's health, how can anybody be certain? that the administration would not go to the same lengths to keep secret problems with President Biden's health in the future?
3: If if you could logically argue, and you can't, but if you could logically argue that How, the- minute, wait, 81 wait, years old? Wait a second. Just give me a second What's, here, bub, there, I'll it, get there. If, Bob? if the administration made some sort of Machiavellian effort uh, across the board to, to to keep this from getting public, then I think your question has merit and, and certainly is a fair one. I don't think it's a fair one because that's not what happened here, Peter. What happened here is the Secretary of Defense, uh, for whatever reason, I can't answer the question why, uh, that information wasn't shared, wasn't shared widely in the department and it certainly worse? wasn't shared with the No, It's not worse? It's not good, it's certainly not good, which is why, again, we wanna learn from this. We wanna, we we wanna, wanna make sure that it this? doesn't happen again.
1: Okay. The way you make sure it doesn't happen again is you hire people whose gut reaction is not to hide secrets from the president of the United States. The idea that you've got to go through a review, you have to go through a review process of, of how this happened, it happened because of Lloyd Austin. I got an email from a listener down at, in Florida yesterday. She says, is, is is Lloyd Austin a DEI pick? Yes. Yes, Lloyd Austin is absolutely a DEI pick. Joe Biden bragged about wanting to have the most diverse cabinet in America, so he wanted to hire the first black secretary of defense. So he picked Lloyd Austin. The whole reason Lloyd Austin is secretary of defense is because he's a black man. It's That is absolutely true. You can be offended by me telling you the truth, but that's what Joe Biden said. So he picked a guy based on the color of his skin to be the Secretary of Defense and didn't bother to assess whether the guy's gut calls would be right and Lloyd Austin's gut calls appear to never be right. And now consider the situation in the Middle East where we are releasing press releases begging the Houthi to cut it out. And it's going to provoke a regional war. The situation is destabilizing the situation is not good the situation is getting worse and we may be on the verge of an all-out war in the middle east it's why anthony blinken is in the middle east doing shuttle diplomacy there trying to get everyone to settle down because iran is pushing all the right buttons to provoke everyone to more military action And, you know, the the, the most asinine part is that had we issued a forceful response to the Houthi to begin with, they would have backed down. But instead, we're just sending them press releases. Next, we're going to send them hashtags, I'm sure. Surely the dreaded hashtag will stop the Houthi when the joint press statement does not. They say we're being led by adults. We're being led by clowns. Unserious people who've never worked in the private sector and do not understand that there are bad people on the planet. The only people Joe Biden seems to think are bad on the planet are Trump supporters. He can't even recognize the fact that the Houthi need to be bombed out of existence in order to stabilize the region.
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Very delighted to have you. I want to go back to the audio from um, New York Congresswoman, oh, what's her name? Yvette Clark. I want you to listen to this again. I played it earlier. This is Yvette Clark. She's talking um, – I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what interview she's in, but she kind of gives away the game on how a lot of Democrats view this uh, wave of illegal immigrants coming across the border. It has nothing to do with new votes for the Democrats. I, I know a lot of Republicans – it's kind of like the Michelle Obama's going to run. Uh, it, it, it's the the Democrats want this new wave of voters, the great replacement theory and all that. Listen listen to what she says here because she has a point she says out loud what a lot of them think
4: privately. And from Brooklyn, New York, we have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants, and I, that I, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about uh, you know the, the 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 doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn. I, I'm saying you know I I need more people in my district, but just for redistricting purposes, and those members could could clearly uh, fit here. You got that
1: for redistricting purposes. So I don't know if you know this or not. But the way the census works, it's not just American citizens who are counted. When the census workers go out into America, they're under order to count the population. Because under the Constitution, it doesn't say uh, citizens. Let let me pull up Article 1 of the Constitution so you can can get a sense of this because— People don't seem to understand this little nugget of truth. Representatives, let's see, uh, article one, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective number, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those boundaries to service for terms, excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons that Obviously, that was the reference to slaves. The actual enumeration shall be made within three years after the first meeting of Congress. And within every subsequent term of 10 years in such manner as by law shall be directed, the number of representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000, but each state shall have at least one representative. And until such enumeration shall be made, the city of New Hampshire shall be entitled to choose blah, 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 blah. But again, representatives shall be apportioned among the several states by adding the whole number of free persons doesn't say citizens. It doesn't say citizens. So when they tabulate people for purpose of the census, the census counts everybody. The census, the only people the census doesn't count are tourists who are headed back to their country. Legal, illegal, resident aliens, non-resident aliens who are here illegally, citizens, everybody's counted. What Yvette Clark is saying is she needs more people to bolster her district. New York, California, Illinois, people are leaving those states. They're starting to lose congressional issues. California, which has always increased in number, is starting to see uh, exodus. So if California wants to maintain its cloud in the United States House of Representatives, forget citizens. California needs illegal aliens to hang around and be counted in the census. You want New York to regrow its population? Well, all those illegal aliens who have moved to New York—they're taxing the system. The people don't want them. People are starting to rebel, but it helps the members of Congress. You want to know why Democratic members of Congress have uh, don't want this? Has nothing to do with great replace. Well, I won't say nothing, but it's not so much about great replacement. It's not so much about a, a new base of voters for the Democratic Party. It's about the census. Democratic strongholds are losing, and you know well the census impacts people. Think about this. How is the Electoral College formed? The total numbers of members of the House plus your two senators. So if your state has 14 members of Congress, your Electoral College is 16. Because you have two senators plus 14 members of Congress, that equals 16 members of the Electoral College these democratic parts of the nation, they're beginning to lose people. As a result, their clout in the electoral college is beginning to shrink. So by bringing in a pile of illegal immigrants, they're not gonna be able to vote, they're not gonna become citizens, but they're going to grow your numbers for the census which will grow your number of congressional districts, which will grow your numbers in the Electoral College. Yvette Clark, congresswoman from New York, has given away the game on this. People don't pay attention to this issue. It has way more to do with the census than great replacement or a new base of voters for the Democratic Party. It has to do with the census because under the Constitution of the United States of America, it is, just so you know, Article 1, Section, 1, or Section 2, Clause 3, Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3, representatives shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective number which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free people excluding Indians not taxed. So if you have an Indian tribe that doesn't pay taxes, it doesn't get included in the census for a portion, but if they do pay taxes, they do get included. Illegal immigrants, they buy something from the grocery store, they pay sales tax. So they're included. So the Democrats grow their numbers for the Electoral College. Rarely do you see a Democratic member of Congress speak so frankly, but here she is saying this again, just one more time so you hear, this is Yvette Clark, New York Congresswoman from the Brooklyn area.
4: I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. And, I, that I, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I, I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes.
1: I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes. There you go. Gives away the game. Now, the problem here, of course is that the backlash is coming from the American people. Huge backlash is beginning to come. In New York City, they have sent kids home from school today to do remote learning so that illegal immigrants can be housed in these schools. In Chicago, they're overrunning O'Hare International Airport and parts of the city because some of them have bust there. And by the way, the majority of the people, they're blaming Ron DeSantis and they're blaming Greg Greg Abbott. I had some idiot complain earlier uh, emailing me. I don't know why Ron DeSantis is complaining. He's the one bust. They're actually the majority of the people coming to New York and Chicago and stuff, they're actually being sent by immigration. They're not being bussed by Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. It's uh, immigration is sending them out. They're, They're so overwhelmed in Texas and Arizona now. They're sending them elsewhere, and so they're winding up in New York and Chicago, and it's not Abbott. They're blaming the Republicans, but it's not them. It's not them at all. It's just the the Border Patrol agents sending them, and it helps the Democrats in the Electoral College. Now, let's go to Bob on the phone. Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show.
2: Good afternoon, Eric. How are you today? Good. How are you? Well, it's bright and sunny, little nippy, and I'm trying to get things done before the cold and wet moves in.
1: My goodness. Have you seen the temperatures for next week? Gracious.
2: Well, I grew up up north. I hope you don't hold that against me. I, I, I do
1: not hold it against you. You got south as, as quick as God would let you.
2: Well, work took me here, and I've been thankful for it ever since. Good. Holy cow. I'm coming up on a whole bunch of police cars in front of the state. The uh, I got to put the phone off my down on my lap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is a first. We've got Bob admitting he's breaking the law while driving down the road while the police are coming by. <laughs> well,
2: you know what it is. They must have had a police chase because there's at least four or five damaged um, county and city police cars
1: there. Wow. Hmm. (laughs) All right, Bob, while you're breaking the law, we better get to the point here. (laughs) Okay. Well, I also got some cigars
2: for you. I told Mr. Snurdly, your assistant, about that. And I owe you an email, so i got to figure out how to get them to you.
1: Uh, We can make that happen.
2: Um, uh, um, I can't remember the name of them. I got them from the president of the company. That's a long story.
1: All right, Bob. Um, all right, though, we got to get I, I, to your point. Yes, yes.
2: Um, I think what's going to happen is North Korea is beating their chests, saying South Korea is their biggest enemy. China's talking about Taiwan. We got Iran instigating everything. I think all of them are going to happen between now and the election. They they've got nothing to lose. Biden, I think, won't take. Any action whatsoever uh, to stop any of that, and it's going to a lot of Americans are going to get upset, and I think that'll be a big issue, and they'll vote for whoever's going to be the Republican candidate. Look, On your I, second
1: point, yeah, go ahead.
2: The uh, I like that idea what you were talking about with the uh, census, but the census was not too long ago, so it's going to be a number of years. Yes. It, yep, And they may dilute and move elsewhere because who wants to live in New York right now? You know? No kidding. So, yeah, and
1: you know, so sadly, Bob, I am staring at a sticky note on my computer monitor that says, don't forget to mention when the census is. And then I totally forgot with this thing right in front of my eyes to mention the point that you just
2: made. <laughs> well, at least you only got one sticky note. I got a dashboard full of them, and I can't read half of them. <laughs>
1: Look, you know it's a great point though because the census isn't going to happen until 2030, and, and these people are going to move around then, and some of them are going to disappear, some of them aren't even going to want to be counted for the census. It's going to take them a while, some but that's may not why they
2: don't even stay here. On exactly,
1: own. And, and, but that's why the Democratic members of Congress don't want to do anything about this it has way less to do with a new voting block and everything to do with gaming the electoral college as new york california illinois and and these new england states begin to lose populations all right bob i'm gonna let you go before you get in trouble with the police
2: well i'm past them now so we're safe (laughs) all right i look forward to hearing from you when i want get you the email about how to get you the cigars
1: yes please i'm looking forward to that thank you so much drive carefully um um you know, Bob. <laughs> First of all, thank you, but also um, don't don't break the law. Don't break the law. We we can't we can't encourage that. Jim, all right. Welcome to the show, Jim. You're going to be the last caller.
0: Parksville, the trout capital. Don't have any cigars for you, but I do have a sassy special. It catches a lot of trout at the barbless fly. welcome. welcome. Um, Okay, um, I'm going to get a little technical here, and I hope I don't lose a lot of the guests here. But it's all about definitions, legal definitions. And we're talking not talking about people. We're talking about persons and not citizens. You brought up the point, the distinction between a citizen and a person. And it says a free person. I'm having trouble in Blacksworth finding the definition of free persons, but I do have the definition that says that basically a person, including a jur- juristic person, artificial persons, are— you know, if they're not for commerce, I imagine that they're free, but basically it includes corporations, trusts, LLCs, uh, fraternal associations, a, a myriad of different type of artificial entities. And it seems to me if anybody wanted to game the system, it's, we should be arguing if it's about persons, why can't we make a bunch of business trusts or non-business trusts, uh, basically persons, and then have them be counted for the census,
1: well, okay. That that's actually a very clever point, but there's a problem. Um, there is a Supreme Court case that sets out what a free person is, uh, and and it actually has to be an, an individual human being. Um, part of that case uh, was you have historically... that before you. Well, uh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> you okay. know the case For like me. I'm gonna look it up. You know the case, Dred Scott.
0: Ah. Uh-huh.
1: Yes. Yes. Dred Scott versus Ah, Sanford, 1857, the Supreme Court uh, outlines free person. That's what the whole case is over is was Dred Scott a free person. Um, And so uh, technically, no, he was not. Um, Horrible case overruled by the events of the Civil War. But, yeah, that's where we understand a free person can't be a corporation. It's got to be an actual human being. Okay. Yep. Random well, history there. And yep. uh,
0: the fish are still biting when you're ready to come back up.
1: We'll see you. All soon. right, man. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you. All right. Yes. Yes. I, I knew that answer. Um, you got to study Dred Scott and con law when you're in law school. All right. Now we got to step out, take a quick time out before I go. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a
3: fist pumper?
1: My goodness gracious, we have covered a whole lot of ground today. Um, Just gobs and gobs of of stuff. Tonight, there will be a town hall with Donald Trump on Fox News and a debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis on CNN at the same time. What's notable here, I personally think, is it's kind of a tacket signal from Fox that uh, they know Trump's probably going to be the nominee, and now after two years of ignoring him and hoping he would go away. They're putting him back on stage in the limelight, uh, with Brett bear. And meanwhile, we'll see the ratings for DeSantis and, and Haley. If they were smart, they would avoid drawing the sharp contrast with each other and instead try to draw the sharp contrast with Trump. But I don't think they can do that. I think they're going to, uh, go after each other. And I don't know, honestly. Like I'm curious to see the two of them. Like I volunteered to get the two of them behind the microphone and have a convers a conversation, much like I do at the gathering. Um, but they didn't take me up on it, or anyone else for that matter, who made a similar offer. Now they're doing this debate, uh, and are they if they're just going to yell at each other all night? It also depends on the moderators. It's going to be interesting to see how CNN. I don't know who's moderating. I assume it's Tapper. I don't know. Um. It's going to be interesting to see the two of them on stage together and how they uh, connect to an audience when you don't have Vivek there to kind of grandstand. You don't have Chris Christie there to go after the two of them. How do they do it? And does it even matter? And I'm not so sure that it matters. I mean, if if the polling is right, and this is the funny thing is everybody says, don't believe the polling, don't believe the polling. If the polling is right, Donald Trump's going to trounce them in Iowa, except – Again, this is the issue here for the DeSantis team. They have a huge ground game operation to get people to the polls, and the blizzard is coming. Have y'all seen the weather forecast? It's not going to get above 0 in Iowa. Now, don't I've seen a lot of national reporters say, "Oh my gosh, this is going to Who's going to show up? The, this is Iowa in the winter. If this stuff happens. They're used to it." So, it's not going to be as off-putting for a lot of people, but if it is snowing hard, only the most committed are going to go. And this is where the DeSantis team whispers that in their estimation, Donald Trump thinks he has it in the bag and his supporters think they have it in the bag, so all of his supporters may just say, well, I don't have to go because everybody else is going to go, and then nobody shows up. But the DeSantis people turn their base out. They're, they're kind of like hoping for all of these sorts of things to be able to play out. If if he pulls it out, it certainly shakes up the race. Could rebound, though, to help Haley more than DeSantis in New Hampshire. I just, I don't know. I I'm... I'm I have a lot I want to say on the state, frankly, of the DeSantis campaign, and I've kept my mouth shut um, out of respect for a lot of friends, but I, I, this campaign doesn't seem to be, to me, firing on all cylinders the way a winning presidential campaign should be, and the loud voices on social media aren't reflected in reality, I don't think. Um, but we'll see if the ground game is as advertised on Monday in in Iowa. I said on Twitter, I thought he could win it. And I'm sure people will throw that back in my face if he doesn't. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens on Monday and I'll see the dynamic of these two on stage tonight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the
3: party.
2: Oh, baby mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.